Hi, everyone. Thanks for listening in to uh, Creative Connections. Today, I'm joined by an amazing man who's taught me a lot about acting, directing, creativity in general, Stephen Thomas. Welcome. Oh, well, thank you very much for having me. Oh, great. Uh, how are you doing? Hangout. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you got your cup of tea? Yep. And uh, so you're up in Brisbane. How's the weather up there at the moment? Well, um, I hear that, you know, Melbourne was uh, like 9 degrees, 10 degrees yesterday. I think we dropped to a brisk 22 or 23 or something. Uh, I had to put on a thicker pair of shorts. <laughs> I've never seen you wear shorts ever. I, I, I hardly ever wear long pants. Only time I wear long pants is Sundays. Yeah. Every other day of the week, shorts. Okay. Yeah. Cool. That's you. I've changed, man. Yeah, changed. Yeah. I'm not a big shorts fan. I like. <clears throat> I like wearing used to be, but um, this gets too hot. Yeah. Oh, fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, so, uh, I thought I'd just touch a bit on your your creative journey. How you got into? You're a professional actor. You've directed. You've taught. You've been in musicals. You've done a lot of uh, great stuff. Was there? Did you grow up in a pretty creative family? Or were you the standout performer? Oh, no, to say the least, um, that famous song, I was born in a trunk in a, at the Princess Theatre, that was my family. I was born into theatre. My, my parents were both actively involved in theatre. My mum initially was a, a singer, an opera singer, or operator singer, and she, she did shows. My dad, a comedian, and then they formed their own theatre company. And, yeah, just we all of us. I, mean, I think on one stage in our grown-up life, out of the seven members of the family, five of us were working full-time professionally in the business somewhere, either on stage or backstage. And, um, yeah, it's, you know, it's like you, um, if you're the son of a plumber or a, a baker or whatever, then, you know, you that's what you do. You, you take on the family business and, and that's what you do. Yeah. Same with us as, as actors. We all of us just followed and... And still to this day, um, my sister, um, my sister, I've got two that are still actively involved professionally. But um, oh, there's never any question, excuse me, <clears throat> there was never any question I'd be doing theatre performance of some description when I was going through school. You know, lots of kids were talking about, oh, yeah, I'm going to do this, going to do that. And I just always knew what I was going to do. Didn't need to stay at school longer than uh, fourth year or, or current year 10 because I thought, well, I, I'll have an agent to take care of all my money, so I don't need to worry about that. I, I'm, I'm going to be a star, so I won't need to worry about that. So, you know, um, but of course, you know, life has its own way of directing your path. Mm. And was there a specific moment where you thought, I want to be a professional actor, or was it just as you were saying, it was just part of your life. So oh, no. when I was born, there was such a you know such a great reaction when I was born. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, just do it again, do it again. Yeah. People paid to come see. Yeah. yeah. No, I just uh, uh, I remember when I was probably about seven, and um, we were doing the nativity play at school as you as you tend to do at that age. And the young boy that was playing um, the first shepherd who actually had dialogue, like, oh, look, there's an angel or something on there. Yeah, yeah. And he took sick with chickenpox. And, uh, uh, and so I, I stepped into the dressing gown. Yeah. And, and, it was all uh, part of your master plan. You gave him chickenpox, didn't you? <laughs> something like that. And 
but you know, I mean, I, I don't, I don't remember a particular, you know, light bulb moment. Mm. I just, it's just something about stepping onto the stage and stepping into the light, and it's not about you know self gratification. All people come to see me. It's, it's never been about that. It's just this feeling of alive. This feeling of of I'm in the right place at the right time, and yeah, and it's it's the ultimate dress up. I mean, it's the ultimate game, um, imagination game. Anybody can play, um, and I just always had so much fun with it. Paradoxically, if I step step into a studio light of a television studio, no, no, never ever felt the same thing. Mm. Always felt. Um, yeah, I, I still don't understand it, but I, I always would freeze up in front of a television camera. Did, did a lot of shows, did a series, but I was never as comfortable in front of a television camera as I was, as I am, in front of a live audience. Mm-hmm. It's a bit, yeah, I guess it's a little bit more clinical, kind of takes that engagement out of it, perhaps. I don't know. I don't know. I think it's something to do with the, well, once again, it's paradoxical. Something to do with the live thing. We're going to record now. And you go, oh, 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 well, what if I, but in theatre, it's the same thing. Mm. Yeah, you've got to go and light curtain up. Yep. Yeah, you can't stop the show and say, oh, sorry, can I do that scene again, please? You can't do that. So, yeah, no, it's a real paradox because, as I say, I'm so at home on the stage, so at home in front of a live audience. Um, But, not so much on TV. Yeah. And uh, from memory, you went to NIDA pretty early on. Correct. Was that something you – were you thinking, oh, I want to go to a drama school somewhere, or did it just happen? You heard about NIDA, and you're like, oh, I'm going to give that a go. Yeah. Uh, as it was, my oldest brother, Terry, uh, went through it um, three, four years before me. And, you know, so – I'm going to follow my big brother's footsteps to what I'm going to do. And so I was 17 and, and gave it a shot. And, yeah, got in. And um, I, it's, it's that thing, you know, where years later, I thought, oh, gosh, I wish I could go back to NIDA now. But the knowledge that I have about theatre and about acting, I've been, I would have been so much better. I mean, I, you know, I did the course, I did the three years and graduated, et cetera, but I didn't really learn until my first year out of active school, something that used to happen in those days that doesn't happen anymore, one or two things would happen. You'd either uh, go on an arts-funded tour, uh, what we call an arts tour of, of a state doing shows, a bit like British rep, or you'd get apprenticed, as it were, to a theatre company, be it Queensland or the South Australian Theatre Company or Melbourne or wherever. And as that happened, I was sent to Queensland or I was asked to go to Queensland. And so those first six to eight months, that's when I, I got it. That's when I went, oh, that's what they were talking about that day when they talked about this. That's what they meant by it. So I started to really learn about the craft uh, in, in the subsequent years of leaving NIDA. Not that I wasted my time there, certainly not, because it all went in. But one of the, the odd things that happened I didn't realise until later was um, in – Second year, I was asked to go out and help um, at some amateur 
drama group in the bush somewhere. They're really important to being earnest of all players. I mean, beautiful play, but just not to be done there. Yeah, why? And 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 I went with a, one of the, one of the tutors, um, and I ended up running workshops and actually directing scenes, and and I'd never done that in my life. And I went, oh, oh, this this is interesting. I oh, you know, and then I forgot about it because I went back to being. A twinkle, and you know, doing theatre for the next uh, whatever years. Um, but but yeah, when I came back to it, um, about eight nine years later, a friend asked me to help out on a Saturday morning class. He was stuck for a teacher, and I went, all right, a few extra dollars. I'm in between shows, and now that was a light bulb moment. You asked about you know that with performance mm. for me for teaching. That was a light bulb moment. I, I couldn't wait to get back to the next week, do it again, do it again. And that that started a, well, let's say 30, 30 almost 40-year career of teaching directing, uh, which, uh, yeah, that was, yeah. Yeah, my awesome. Yeah. And... I mean, we've discussed this before, just sort of your excitement and joy about telling stories. What, what is it for you that that is so brilliant and, and life-changing about stories? I think that's it. It's life-changing. Because no matter how big or small the experience, you're never the same having read a book, having watched a movie, having read a play, having listened to a story. Because you've been taken somewhere, a good story, mm obviously take you somewhere it should be that transformative experience and 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 i love being involved in that i love being involved in that whole process of yeah of that journey of taking somebody somewhere and at the end of it them thinking something or knowing something or having experienced something no matter how big or small that they hadn't before mm. i guess it's the journey most of all yeah and we chatted about this a little bit, but I remember you saying you did make a decision to stop acting professionally. I'm not sure if that was linked into that light bulb moment with teaching or what was there a catalyst behind that other yeah. than? Yeah, more a catalyst. Um, we were doing a show uh, and this is 1981, I think. And we were doing the revival of the, the rock musical Hair, and we'd opened with so much promise, and we'd been told all sorts of things in the rehearsal process, and, you know, it was going to be this, it was going to be that. And then within two, three weeks, it wasn't what the producers had hoped in terms of the public turning up. And so they just made the decision to just can the show. And I, I just had had enough. I'd had enough of not being in control of my life you know, of other people's suits making decisions um, that affected me and affected my family or, you know, whatever, uh, other people, and not really considering us in that process. But, of course, you know, the reality is money. If they're not making money, they're not going to give it away. But it was around about that time that I'd started teaching as well. And um, so there was a, a slow period transitioning out of performance but I just got to that point where I went I think I think I'm done and when you have that conversation with yourself you probably are mm. it was another three or four years before I actually made it official I did you know different bits and pieces of shows and whatever but I also remember in 
the year before I stopped, I, there were two or three big shows that I got down to me or him, you know, like series of auditions, and it gets down to me or him. And, and they're missing out the last moment. Uh, and I went, oh, I'm done. I think I'm done. Um, I'd, I'd always said idealistically when I left NIDA, I'd always said, if I'm not a star by the time I'm 30, if I'm just on the merry-go-round, I'm going to get off. Well, that's what I did because y y you're a jobbing actor and that's fine. But, but if it's not enough for you spiritually, if it's not enough for you inside, then, you know, maybe find something else um, because it's like any job. Once you, if you don't love what you're doing, other than the pay pack at the end of the week, why well, do it? And I was loving teaching and having the opportunity to direct the occasional piece. And then I, and I can't quite recall exactly what the sequence was, but I remember hearing about a school, a high school, and I was out at work and I said to my then wife, I'm just going to write them and see if they want any workshops done for the kids in the school, particularly year 12 kids, whatever. And I wrote to them, and this is in 84, and and uh, they said, well, come in for chat. I did, and the principal said, well, as it is, we're actually thinking of, of introducing drama into the school. Would you be interested in being that person to, to bring it in? And I said, oh, I'll, I'll give it a go. I'll, you know, come, come for a few weeks, a term, see how it works out. And at the time, I... I was, I'd got a Christmas show at Nimrod, then that was then, um, which is now Belvoir Street, and also uh, a musical in the in the city in the in the rocks somewhere as well. So I was pretty busy with acting, and I changed agents. I was getting lots of commercials, so I hadn't really thought about hanging up, you know, the uh, the boots as it is. What do I say? Hang yeah, up the hat, the, the cape. <laughs> I don't know, um, but. So I went, I went to the school and, and after term one, it became term two and then it became three and then it became, I was there 18 years. And I went wow. from, yeah. you know, and, and in that time, of course, you obviously you move up the ladder, you're, you're running the drama department and I was running drama for New South Wales HSC and you go as far as you can go and you go all, all because I thought I'd write to that school. You know? mm. So, um, but yeah, so I, it, it, it wasn't a take my bat and ball and go home sort of stuff. It was, it was more of a transition, but a natural transition. Never regretted it. Never regretted it. Never thought, oh, gosh, I wish I was acting. Or never feel, never felt like I was a failed actor. <clears throat> mm. Yeah, right. It, and I was wondering, are there ways that you've ob observed the industry changed since since you were acting professionally, I mean, you obviously you've taught a lot of actors. Are there things that kind of stand out to you that have changed, or is it pretty much same same? Oh no, the biggest change I think has been in film. Mm -hmm. um, that I remember at night we used to have um, uh, well TV classes, film classes, and the idea was in those days, television was about acting less. That's about as much as they can give you. <clears throat> Excuse me. Now, of course, they have lots of courses around the town where film acting is taught. And people like Meisner, you know, who's, who's a great 
technique to use to, to learn if you want to learn about film acting. Um, <clears throat> proliferation of film classes and TV classes around. So I think the, the industry has broadened, definitely, and, and more and more people are becoming involved in, not in theatre, but in film. And there's much less theatre around for an actor. I mean, once upon a time, you'd leave NIDA and everybody would be working in the first three to six months. Now you're lucky if you're working for the, in the first three or six years. Mm. Because, because there's so much theatre, uh, so much uh, film and so little um, theatre for actors to go to. Um, you have the Sydney Theatre Company, Belvoir, the Ensemble, Griffin, this is in Sydney, um, and STC, yeah, STC, um, but gosh, in, in the old days, as I said, you had the arts tours as well as the interstate companies, um, I'll tote, as it was known before it became the city theatre company, um, Nimrod was, was huge in those days and ran upstairs and downstairs, probably still does now, but there were lots of theatre around and that's what people did people aspired to to be involved in theater equally so with musicals i did a lot of musical theater when i left nida and it was nothing to have three musicals playing in town three big musicals playing in town at one moment and you'd have you know on the dark nights you'd all go and see each other's shows or you'd hang out and have um picnics you know big big theater big big musical theater picnics we'd all get together now it's gosh, um, once every two years we get a musical in town now, and it's a uh, million dollars to go and see. It's you know I think the last major musical I was in was that was that Ned Kelly that might have been anyway whatever it was it was like seven dollars fifty a ticket. Yeah right. Seven dollars fifty a ticket. You mm. know now it's a hundred and seventy fifty dollars or whatever. It is. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, that, that's Nuts. been the major change for me is lack of musicals and just, just lack of theatre companies, you know. There's just so many more actors. Mm. Uh, and the, the start of that change was the introduction of soap opera on Australian television where um, young doctors, restless years, number 96, et cetera, where they were taking largely, particularly young doctors, were taking young no-names, young untrained actors, a bit like Hollywood in the, in the 30s where they just like the face, they just took you and put you in front of the camera. And, and so once upon a time you'd go to an audition and your NIDA qualification meant something. Mm. But because I'd ask, but after a while it meant nothing because you were just another face, another actor, and and um, yeah, um, that that was the first change I noticed because certainly there were more people in the in the waiting rooms and the auditions. And and then, as I say, with it, with the last, I suppose, with the arrival of the event when Cameron McIntosh <clears throat> first brought in fans of the opera and Les Mis, etc., and and the event musical where we put on these really big expensive shows. And so people would save up their money to go and see the big show as opposed to just go and see whatever's on, which is what mm -hmm. you Melbourne still 
does that. Melbourne still has that wonderful culture of going to musical theatre. But uh, in Brisbane, you know, it's, 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 it's like it always was, you know, it's just too expensive to come to, to Brisbane or to anywhere. So um, they do come, but they come a very short period of time and it's, you know, it's, it's the touring company show. Yeah, it's it's short runs, expensive. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, I've even noticed chatting with some other actors just about the the money also that, that they're going to get as performers mm. is pretty low mm. in theatre. And then you've got – you can do a day or two on TV is yeah. what you'll get in a whole week of theatre. So yep. it's I part of it. I mean, you're not doing it for, solely for that, obviously, but you need to make a living and make it worth your time. Correct. I mean, I don't even know what equity minimum is these days for, you know, eight shows a week. <laughs> yeah, going off, I think it's it's about a th- uh, to, uh, I'm, yeah, I, I'm probably going to get this wrong. I think it's about 1,000 to 1,500 from what I remember. But I was even hearing Sam Neill was going to be in a play this year and he's only getting two grand a week. Wow. And that's huh. as, as big an Australian... Yeah actor as we have you know other than the Cole and Hugh Jackman so I mean that's you know people might say well that's a lot of money but it's not in this industry it's not (laughs) well no and as we know that um, shows don't run unless you're in Harry Potter shows don't run for for, for that length of time I mean he might get maybe two months yeah if if you're lucky yeah if you're lucky yeah I was also thinking about the role of live performance now you know you know we've all been in isolation for a while a lot of people are going a bit more digital is there how have you seen the role of theater before and how do you see it now has there been a, a shift for you and or is it just amplified why we need live performance um, I remember a few years ago seeing a production of She Stoops to Conquer. Um, Did you say that three times really fast? With And his name will come to me. <laughs> anyway, uh, it was a reimagining and it was set in the bush in Queensland and in the colonial times. And it, to me, the, the, the concept didn't, didn't work. Um, but what I remember thinking at the time, I felt like I was watching, I'd gone to the museum. Yeah, and I was right. looking at something that used to happen, mm. not anything that was new and vibrant. And and I, and I wondered then, that was the first time I actually thought that, and I wondered then the relevance of of theatre. And, and then I saw a Brechtian play, same thing him, same thing. I was thinking, what's, what, what are we, what, why? Why are we doing this? And then I, I kind of, well, there's some great new voices in, in theatre, in writing, and <clears throat> not just in musical theatre. Um, and therefore, that keeps it necessary and relevant. I guess, well, I guess what I'm trying to say is that the historical plays, unless it's really cleverly reimagined, they can do a disservice to the longevity of theatre. Theatre... When Shakespeare was, was working at the, at the Globe, etc., 
he was taking stories, well-known stories and legends, and reimagining them and creating this great theatre out of them. And that in itself was brand new. Mm. <clears throat> That's what we need to do. We need to keep doing is because there are no new stories. It's just the way they are told, the, the fresh voice that is given and, and how it speaks into the time now and speaks into the psyche now, I think, is important. I mean, great plays like She Stoops to Conquer and Brecht, etc. they are relevant in themselves because we need to know where we've come from and we need to understand, um, you know, theatre style, etc. But... Uh, in order to keep theatre going, yeah, we, we, we did have that um, period where we went through a few years ago. Oh, what is it called? <sighs> Verbatim theatre, mm. where you yeah. take a, 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 an event from from history or from society, and then you just, you know, take the, the, the dialogue from the actual event and put it. Yes. In. Yeah, and they did a few... Yeah, uh, court cases. Yeah, there was a couple of ones really, that got turned into plays. Yeah, really important, and and I think you know writers and 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 theatre companies need to be well, certainly theatre companies need to be still doing that and finding the new voices and the new style and 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 thinking forward as opposed to just doing the same old same old because it's uh, it, it works for. Doing the same old, same old just works for a particular audience, dare I say it, you know, and, and a comfortable, safe, secure. And I think when the best theatre has always been the stuff that's been cutting edge and, and forces us to see something differently, to see something we've been comfortable with differently and to get a new perspective. I mean, that was the beauty of Brecht. You know, when, when he came out, you know, and, and Grotowski and Artaud and all those extraordinary practitioners in Europe, you know, who just went, this romantic, traditional theatre, it's not doing what we think we should be expressing. Mm. And those those people had, you know, I mean, I was just, just yesterday I was reading reading one of your favourites, um, St Peter Brook, and just, mm. you know, the way he was seeing how theatre should be and where it should go. I go, yep, we need, we, we need to encourage those people. We need to find those people still. However, it's the audience. We can do that till the cows come home and we can be like Wotowski and not play to an audience. But without an audience, what's the point? Mm. What's the point of standing in front of the mirror and telling yourself a story? Nothing changes. You know, Shakespeare said theatre should be like a mirror to the world. You know, Ibsen said it should be like a, a forum where, you know, we can air these things that, that need to change or need to be talked about and questioned. Not suggesting that we're just do political theatre, but, but it has a place. It still has a place, but we have to, yeah, we have, we have to find our audience again because we have been... Um, well, you know, this country, they're entertaining. Oh, they, the Australian audience's entertainment is largely sport and yes, Marvel films. And I love sport. I love watching cricket and I enjoy watching Marvel films. But it doesn't feed me. doesn't feed me in the way. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's fast food. Yeah, yeah, good, good theatre and, and good storytelling. Um, 
will and, and, and should. So I'm hoping that, you know, especially in this time of pause where all the theatres are closed down and all the films are closed down, that it might give the art, well, it will give the arts world a uh, an opportunity for pause and to reflect and to think about when we come back, are we doing the right thing? Should we, I mean, not change it for change sake, but, but is what we've been creating enough? Is it right? Should, is this something else that we could be doing? How do we get into the next? Because we don't want theatre on Zoom, for goodness sake. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm surprised I haven't seen that yet, actually. Let's do Hamlet as a Zoom meeting. Yeah, well, we've had – there's been a few more independent companies have been putting together Zoom shows with a cast and everything uh, that's been pretty – you know, they might have like 20 little squares. Yeah. With people doing their their parts and throwing stuff together. I mean, it's fun in terms of how do we create performance in this environment. Mm. And I think that's the thinking that will lead to something – productive yeah. when we come out of it uh, I, obviously yeah, i don't think it'll go completely digital but at least it's getting people thinking outside of the norm or what we've been used to and when i was speaking with um, josh mcconville yesterday about this seemingly the, the, the age decline in theater audiences um you know people who are going are getting older and older and how to how that's going to bounce back after this time about isolation mm. um, and I'd noticed that with opera as well you know trying to get get newer younger audiences in um, is I think going to be an interesting well, challenge yeah and and the arts dollar the entertainment dollar is always the first thing that's that goes off the weekly budget you know we are in this country seen as a luxury Yes. Yeah, it's not necessarily part of the cultural fabric. Nope. Yeah. Yeah, interesting. Um, Whereas all you hear on, on you know, in the press over the last couple of weeks is, when's our footy coming back? We want our footy coming back. And you go, well, wow. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know? and all Maybe the- actors can start playing footy. Well, yeah. Well, my son... Um, is, is an executive producer in American television, in reality TV. And, of course, a lot of his shows have just stopped. Mm. And, and so the networks, who, of course, want their, their advertising dollar, they are uh, hitting him, saying, we, we'll give us a show, give us a show. And so I said, what? <laughs> what, what? I said, well, well, something digital. Give me something digital, something virtual. So, you know, he's, he's working from home, but he hasn't stopped working from home, trying to come up with something they can put out there that is, that's going to protect their advertising dollar. You know? Yeah, well, I mean, and people want entertainment. They want perform to see performers doing things, but mm. then no, no one's giving them money to yeah. do it. Well, at least not here anyway. I mean, yeah. Victoria just kind of put through a grant, which is great. Oh, did they? Uh, yeah, I, I can't remember the amount. But yes, it's kind of like, yeah, great. That's if you, you know, one state. Yeah. 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 So it's. I mean, that's been the, the tragedy. I mean, a tragedy. Um, on the one hand, we see great the government, you know, propping up 
the job sector and businesses, etc., and families and mortgages, and that's great. But the entertainment, event, hospitality industry, where it is made up of people who are sole traders, part-timers, they get they get nothing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, Simon said uh, it broke his heart to let so many crew members go because yeah. they're all contract. Oh, your son. Yeah, yeah. You know, had nothing for them, and they've got nothing to go to. It's not like, well, the show's fallen over. I'll go find another show. There were no other shows. There are no other shows. Hmm. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a really wild time. I'm hoping it's all going to be all right. It sounds like things are starting to ease a little bit, yeah. so hopefully... I mean, will, as, as it will be, but you know, to, to go back to, you, to your question, to change or how, how will life fear to be, this is an opportunity, an opportunity for, for the arts. You know, uh, after the First World War, you know, the change in Europe as to how we, we saw art and how we presented art, whew, that was, well, you know how revolutionary that was. And maybe this is an opportunity. I mean, this is not the devastation of the First World War, of course, that not, you know, carried away. Yeah, yeah. That, but the arts community are, are historically known for, for being that... Um, that steam valve, that vent, that that expression that that others can't articulate <clears throat> how they're feeling in times of extreme anxiety or fear, and comes out in poetry, art, and theatre, and art, and music, whatever. So it'll be interesting to see if there is some sort of extension or, or expression that comes out of this. Or you know, my biggest fear is that. We just go back to the way we were doing it six months ago. Nothing changes. You know, that's my biggest fear. Mm. Yeah. Oh, well, uh, a happy note. Uh, <laughs> um, no, we still need stories. Figured out. Figured out. Yeah, we still need stories. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, people want to want to hear stories. Yeah. Um, you. We chatted. Uh, a little while ago, you were mentioning that you were looking to write a book of some mm. sort on creativity, mm. something like that. I hope I'm on the yeah. right track. Yes, you are. Yes, yeah. I, I, uh, I um, actually interviewed um, Ryan Smith, one of your upcoming guests, mm. about the creative process, which is largely what the book's about. It's uh, helping creatives to find their creative process certainly but to recognize that every creative has their own way of doing it and to validate that so people don't get stressed thinking um you know i'm a mess i can't you know that 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 everybody has their own way and that's fine um so tools in terms of helping people create a process also to understand that to me the the essence of storytelling applies right across all the arts discipline. Because as I said at the very beginning, it's all about journey. For, for, for the, the story from, from cover to, to back, you go through a journey. journey. When, when you go to the theater or, or to, to a movie, same thing, there is this journey and then there's the foyer conversation afterwards where you discuss it and you express how you felt about where you've been and what 
you know. Um, and there is a creative process that informs that. Doesn't just happen by accident. Well, yeah, okay, maybe occasionally. <laughs> um, but, but largely speaking, there is a structure that that informs on that, whether it's a piece of, whether you're writing a, a musical piece, a symphony, a concerto or whatever, or a, or a song. It's all story. It's all, it's all journey. And, and the same with art, same with, with visual art. So I'm looking at all the disciplines and talking to people across all the disciplines in terms of people who are successful in their discipline and talking about how they uh, achieve what they achieve, what their processes are. Um, reading a lot, reading um, um, Elizabeth Gilbert's book, uh, Eat, Pray, Love, for example, and her discussions on um, the muse and inspiration. You know, so those sorts of things so people can hopefully articulate better for themselves their own process so they understand where they are at a particular time in the process and also so for them not to give up because that's one of the easiest things for us to do as creators is to go oh it's just too hard Mm. there's too many singers out there too many artists out there there's too many whatever out there and why am i going to make a difference well you know, you don't know that. So you're not you to say, really. It's up to us to say the audience. Yes, yeah, and I think that's a good point because I think one of the more interesting traits, or something that I wasn't expecting to observe as much in performing artists, is the need for perseverance. I mean, you kind of you you know that you need to persevere, but then you don't realise how important it is to the whole journey, to the whole process. I mean, there's honestly, not that I'm like a raging success, but there's far more naturally talented people that I know that just don't, they gave up or Mm. it's just too difficult Mm. or stopped creating, stopped pursuing it, um, stopped stopped learning and and growing in that area. And yeah, I find that really interesting, how important it is. Yeah, well, the college that I I was teaching in up until uh, a year ago, um, I was there for a long time, 16, 17 years. And who was who your favourite student there, Stephen Thomas? Is there um, any guy that you can think of? Um, just let me leave that on with me. It'll come. Yeah, to okay. Just right. see him now. Yeah. It's <laughs> but, almost like you're looking at him right now. <laughs> That's weird. Yes. yes. Anyway. <laughs> Sorry. Um, yeah, the number of of aspiring actors or aspiring creatives that would that come through that college or any college any creative arts college where they arrive in that cliche way with a suitcase in their tap shoes or their guitar or their whatever uh, with the expectation of you know hollywood or whatever their expectation is but you know, a few years later, what are they doing? Oh, well, they're doing something else. Yeah. And, and that's fine if that's all part of the journey. And I remember when I was working with kids in the very beginning of my teaching years, and people would say, well, what's the point of me bringing my kids to your, you know, I don't want my kid to, to be some sort of an actor and, and be out of work. And I said, I'm not about creating actors for the unemployment line. I'm not about creating actors for Hollywood. I'm about creating an audience for the future because if these children 
get an appreciation for storytelling, an appreciation for the arts, an appreciation for the performance, they'll want to see it. Mm, yeah, that's brilliant. If if they don't make it, doesn't you know, it doesn't matter because they'll find something else. But it's another dimension, another dynamic to their personality, to their life. And plus we have an audience. Without an audience, as I said before, what's the point? Mm. You know, so so that's always my encouragement to to aspiring actors is is that you're here to learn about yourself as much as anything. You're here to learn about yourself. And I remember somebody saying to me that there's there's and this sounds a bit you know maybe a bit weird, but <laughs> he, he said to me that there's healing in in performance. Right. There's this self healing, as well as other people coming and. And identifying with a character's journey and going, yeah, right, that was me. Mm. It's this great power in that. So I, you know, very much into um, encouragement. And at the same time, I personally might get a little disappointed if I see somebody who, who I believe had it, whatever it is, says he with inverted commas, whatever that is, um, well, I'm, I'm actually disappointed at them not actually pursuing it or, or sitting on it, you know. Um, but, you know, m- my favourite actor of that time, um, you know, he is definitely out there doing it and he is actually, you know, having a go and and his name may start with AD. <laughs> yeah, right. He sounds cool. Oh, he's very cool. Yeah. All right, well, on that amazing note, uh, let's let's call it a day. It's been amazing chatting with you. Uh, great chatting with you, Stephen. Thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. And it's lovely seeing you again, chatting with you. Same. Yeah. Uh, and, until uh, next time. Until next time. All the very best. Well, that's all we have time for this week. Thank you so much for listening. Please like and follow Adam Deer on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook.